This is GKW. Welcome to another edition of Good Karma Wrestling. I'm Dave Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. And with me, as always, from ESPN West Palm, Brian Rowitz. And catch him on ESPN. He is Jonathan Hood. Happy New Year, boys. And the WWE celebrated the new year with a big announcement. They brought back a huge former WWE champion in Shinder Mahal. Which yeah. actually, I was I was talking to a friend here in the uh, Milwaukee studios of Good Karma Brands, and he actually thought it was Jinder Mahal and was so bad, <laughs> and like begrudgingly like respected the troll job that Triple H had pulled. But no, of course, it was The Rock who had to come back and defend the WWE universe and the entire country because even though it's 2024, we're still going to do the foreign guy hates America shtick. Uh. But whatever, it worked for The Rock. But most importantly for The Rock, after he did all of the classic Rock things, he teased it. We've been waiting for it for a long time, and he asked if he should sit at the head of the table. So our question to begin tonight's GKW, and the first GKW of 2024 is, what percent tranche is The Rock going to be main eventing WrestleMania? Well, first of all, I mean, I'll tell you what. I thought Muhammad Hassan had come back from 2002. <laughs> hey, Jinder, pretty good. Some good lines there. I'm like, wow. Yes, he did his part, but oh, that's he not nailed necessary it, in 24. Like, you got the heat just rolling him out there. like, And then to do the Punjabi thing, I was like, come on, guys. I was about to say, do the do the national anthem in Punjabi. Oh, you, you booed your national anthem. I there idiots. was a legit push there for a second. I've said, hey, Mahal, pretty oh, good stuff. Man. I haven't seen that since it's 02. A little Muhammad Hassan. I'm from Michigan, and you Americans look down at me. I'm like, little Iron Sheik talked about yeah. good yeah. stuff. Hmm, good. But then to come find out that uh, here comes The Rock in San Diego, which was awesome. Another great pop of The Rock. Just Electric. amazing. Just Huge amazing. Pop. So to answer the question, bro, it's now that The Rock has said, how about me st- being at the head of the table? Now it's a strong 75%. Okay. Uh, and it's 75%, and I'm sure that behind the curtain, Cody Rhodes is saying, what about me? I'm stuck here with Shinsuke. What are we doing here? Like, so I, I think that uh, one of the nights we will see Rock and we will see Roman Reigns, at least one of the nights. Night two? Yep. Might be a different story. We'll see. That's the thing at this point. We've seen it twice now. We've seen enough smoke. We've seen like, oh, we talked about last year. It didn't work out. It's 100%. Like, it's the Rocks mania. You'll figure out, Cody, whether it be a triple threat or whether Roman main events both nights. But the Rock is main eventing a night of WrestleMania. It is 100% at this point. All right. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with, I'm mm-hmm. with bro. It's 100%. Well, you know what? 99% just because I need a little bit of luxury. So I'll I'll go 99% so I don't operate in the extreme. Um, But I think that there is a chance because I I think everybody agrees that Roman versus Rock does not need a championship. So what if to really ignite this feud at Elimination Chamber in Perth, the Rock costs Roman the championship. That way, Cody can still complete his story Cody can go after the Universal Championship. CM Punk can go after uh, Seth Rollins and the the World Heavyweight Championship. And then you still have your main event of Rock. Because Rock versus Roman isn't about the Universal Undisputed Championship. It's about 
family supremacy. And you don't need the championship belt there. And you're able to still tell a compelling story while coming to, I think, what would be an ending to the Roman Reigns run that makes sense as champion. Right. Because we keep wondering, well, how is he going to lose it? Well, and if Cody didn't win it from the first time, is it actually going to feel satisfying if he does it this time around? I think if you do it in a way where Rock costs him that championship, because the other questions we ask, whether it's whether it's Cody Rhodes, whether it's L.A. Knight, whether it's one of these people that goes up, you're not going up just against Roman Reigns. You're going up against the bloodline. And how do you how do you fight off the bloodline? Well, with another member of presumably the bloodline in Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And I think you can do that, especially because there's also a rumor out there that the fine folks in Australia and Perth had asked, hey, any chance we can get Dwayne down here? And you could potentially fulfill that obligation if The Rock can make it work. Again, he's a busy man. He's running the, what is it, the UFL now? Making the rounds, talking about that. So he's got a lot of things going on. But if he can make that work and get down to Australia for that, I think that could be a satisfying way where you could kind of... But you also have to remember those governments always don't get what they want with Vince because they also requested Yokozuna and Ultimate Warrior for some shows in the last few years. WWE was not able to come through with the two of them. So... (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, first of all, there will not be a title change in Perth, Australia. Correct. There will not be. That's not going to happen. Uh, we expect that Rhea Ripley more than likely will be at the top of that card in Perth, uh, and that makes a lot of sense. What I'm telling you is, is that do not be surprised and clip this, bro, it's, especially if it happens because I want to look like a genius. I'm telling you that Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes, I think it's going to happen at WrestleMania. This is why you have two nights. That's night two. Rock and Roman can still happen in night one. If Roman wrestles twice, it would not surprise me. But I think that, you know, when it comes to the story, you know, one thing about Triple H is, is that he he likes to tease. He likes to be able to string it out. But I still believe that the story can be closed uh, in Philadelphia with Roman and, and Cody. I'm just telling you. But but I, and I still but think not- we- so what? So you do that night one because Rock Roman has to close. Rock Roman has to close out the entire show. We we keep asking what's the biggest thing WWE can do, and it's Rock versus Roman. You can't do what that if you on throw night Cody one. In there that closes out the whole show. That's that. That's like when Charlotte got thrown into with Becky Ronda. and uh, okay. and Ronda Rousey when they finally got to main event WrestleMania. It's like, <laughs> what the hell's she doing here? You know, like. What, what the hell is Brett Favre doing here? Like, what are we doing in this situation? Like, why why would you th- – I mean, the only reason to throw Cody in there is for him to eat the pin and somehow further the bloodline story. You need it's, – it's it's family, man. Like, the story if, – if Cody gets thrown in there, like, that is just so sure. incomplete and doesn't tell the story you should be telling of family well, Cody versus pins family. the rock. Cody gets the belt, but then Roman doesn't take the pin, and then you can continue to push that ball down the line to say SummerSlam – where it's Roman and Cody. And you do it that way. Yeah, but th- but that doesn't... Does that feel satisfying? No, that's why Cody should have won last year. That's the thing. Like, this is further proving that they really dropped the ball at WrestleMania 39 and not letting Cody win it that night. Gabe, is any of this satisfying where, where Sami Zayn doesn't get it and Drew McIntyre doesn't get it and Brock doesn't get it? Does any of this seem satisfying? I mean, he's he's on a he's on a Bruno-like no. run, okay? And at some point, you gotta you gotta stop this yeah. thing. Uh, what what I believe is that WWE wants Roman to eclipse Hogan, and I'm not sure how that's going to be. And Broitz, please look at the numbers on that. I think that Roman is on the precipice of being able to get past Hogan, 
But I think that he'd have to win past WrestleMania to get that done. So what I'm saying is, is that that I really believe that we're going to get yes, Rock versus Roman, and again, Rock's not going to win that match because he's not winning the championship. But then, but but then, what about Correct. Cody? Cody's not in the Seth Rollins sweepstakes. He's not. He can't finish. That's not really finishing the story. No, but that and that's why again. I, I know you guys aren't high on the idea of Roman dropping it in Perth, but that's going to be 60 to 70,000 people there. Like that's a big enough event where I think you could have Roman drop it there with the rock costing him upping the stakes of the family that's versus the 5 a.m. Eastern and, time. And also that, that same crowd at clash of the castle, same type of crowd, right? right? 60, 65,000 people going home because Drew didn't yeah. get the title. Well, no, Drew sung uh, American <laughs> Pie with uh, with Fury, so it's fine. Like, everybody went home happy. That, that made everybody sung, happy there, singing he, American when we, Pie. When he sung that, things. we knew that concussions were real. <laughs> which one of those two? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but, I mean, to me, I do not be surprised. If Roman wrestles twice, it, does not, it would not surprise me. Would not surprise me. I mean, because I mean, because like, when will Cody ever be able to finish his story? And I know, like, my buddy Dave LaGreca and others are really high on this. They want Cody to finish the story. Well, it's been two years. Like, if it doesn't happen now, then when's going to happen? I'm starting. I'm starting to root for Shinsuke to end the story. <laughs> like, Shinsuke's a badass man. Like, that's that's kind of how I feel about it right now. Like, oh, if Shinsuke ends the story, maybe that's okay at this point. Because I I don't know, man. Like, I'm if if. Cody doesn't finish the story. And at this point, whenever he does, it's just going to be kind of a, okay, fine. Right. He got it out of the way. But if it doesn't happen at this WrestleMania and we have to do another year of this. Oh man. Like I'm, I'm all, I would be all the way out on Cody finishing yep. the story at that. Like that's where we're at though. Like they put themselves in this situation, even by splitting up the titles, like they're still in the same predicament and there really is no satisfying end to this now. Solo maybe well, eventually. What if, what if Rock costs at, at okay, so if, if we're not high on Perth and they're not going to have Roman wrestle on two nights, what if he costs Roman, what if the Rock costs Roman here in the States at the Royal Rumble? A title change? Yeah, title change you're at Roman. Roman's showing up at the Rumble. Hell, you're assuming Roman's showing up at Perth. Like, we don't even know that yet? Yeah. <laughs> no, but again, I... I I think, I mean, he's kind of beat no. there. Like, <laughs> Roman's kind of big. Rock, Rock can't show up more no. than Roman. <laughs> no. Bro, I, I, how about this? Rock and Roman, neither one of them in Perth. How about that? <laughs> you get Rhea and you're happy about it, okay? R- Rhea at the top of the card against yeah. who? I'm not even sure who. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm in. Be- well, so that's what I'm saying. At the Rumble, that's when you do it. And, yes, I believe that Roman okay. is going to be at the Rumble. Uh, yes. Roman at the Rumble, yes. Yes. Perth, no. no I don't yeah. think that's going to be the case. SmackDown okay. in Green so, Bay. So that's do the, the title change. Roman does nowadays. Sure, yeah, Green Bay of all places. Come on, man. Like, what are we... That was at the Resh. Was that... Was that where, where's, where's the head of the table was dining? That, was that Resh? Was that a Resh Center? Yeah. Nice, nice yeah, it's at the Resh Center. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's a nice, it's a, it's a very mm-hmm. nice intimate arena, you know, right, right across the mm-hmm. street from Lambeau Field. But I, I think you have to try to figure out a way to do a title change and get the belt off of him. Otherwise, 
when does the championship come off of it? I know at this point our minds are just set on this has been such a long run. It has to happen at Mania. But I think, again, Rock versus Roman for the belt, that if it's for the belt or not for the belt, mm-hmm. it's the biggest thing you can do. So why not take the belt off of him and create even more? Okay, here's a topic. And, I, and I'm sure that bro, it's, I, we probably should save this for next week, but it just popped in my mind. So f- for the average wrestling fan, what is the bigger story? What do you want more? Do you want Roman to lose the championship or do you want Cody to finish the story? What's bigger for you? Because with Cody, if he doesn't win at WrestleMania, he might not, he not, may not be in the main event. I mean, it, what if he's not? And you push, you kick the can down the road to SummerSlam or Survivor Series. I mean, this is kind of very similar to his father, Dusty Rhodes, right? Chasing the championship all those years against Ric Flair or Harley Race. And it's like, man, people in the 80s were like, man, when Dusty wins the championship and he'd always lose or win by disqualification or lose because of an of a messed up finish, whatever, but people were anticipating, can't wait, can't wait. And then Dusty was a championship and people are like, okay, what now? He won the championship. Okay. And then he loses it after three months because people didn't, people liked him chasing more so than being the champion. So I'm just wondering like, what's more important do you think to the average fan? I think Roman dropping the belt is more important because I think, I mean, as, as over as Cody is, first of all, Cody's not even on SmackDown. Like Cody hasn't interacted. When's the last time Cody interacted with Roman Reigns? He I know he that keeps one, hinting didn't at that it. Random but... where he showed up on SmackDown. I think yeah, they, yeah, they crossed yeah. paths, but all this like broke him up. That's right. So yes. one time. Yes. So, but to your point. But wouldn't it be just as exciting for for LA Knight to win the championship over well, Roman he's Reigns? Cooled off. <laughs> he's, yep. taking, he, he's done the loop on that holiday tour beating Jimmy Uso's ass in every cage match around the loop <laughs> Like, I mean that's good for a nice little you know mid card what happened to him well to your point Hood like, it's, it's obvious what happened yeah. to him well, they, oh. they had an opportunity to push him and then they're like ah, we're not going to put him on TV for a couple weeks so no, no. Well, okay. what happened to him Gabe is that um, the part timers start coming in and all of a sudden, you know, here, you know, here comes Randy, and then yep. here comes AJ Styles, and all of a sudden, with each guy pushed down the card, doesn't mean that he's out of the mix. I'm just saying, like, he's pushed down, not as important as the other guys. Oh, he's very much out of the mix. Well, he's not. Yeah, he's not featured. That's the problem. Like, he's still over. People still love doing mm-hmm. his shtick, but he's just not featured. He'll by, eat the by pin tomorrow. He'll be featured in that regard. That triple threat match. He'll be there for that. Yep. <laughs> but, like, in terms of the no. Cody part, like, which one's more satisfying? Like, from a wrestling standpoint, I feel like wrestling fans will be into Cody finishing the story being a champion. Is it crazy to suggest having the title change night after Mania? The Raw? Give it away on free TV? Um, it's You know, people like to pay for those things. You like for that to be on Peacock, wouldn't you? I mean, just, you know, you get Rock Roman on one night, you give Seth and Punk another night, and then on Raw, it's this Cody guy, Roman. <laughs> this guy, this guy is like in 1998. This guy's <laughs> no, Kane, no, Kane, the heavyweight he's got, champion. <laughs> he's got Damian Priest cashing in the night after Mania. He's he's just writing the Dolph Ziggler story, but he's doing I think it. Priest with, forgot uh, he has a briefcase at this point. With senior That's money not in the bank, going to result in a world title either. You talk about guys forgotten. There's so, no way Priest is going to be a world champion by the end of this. Either, either, 
He's botched, he's botched trying to cash it in so many damn times that there's no way you can trust him to actually cash it in. Like, he's going to be the first one where right. the contract like, expires. Oh, no. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I'd like to know this. All I like from to open it up is like, wait, this is expired? Can I get, can I get an extension? No? Okay. Well, here's your briefcase. All right. He's going to go to Toronto and be like, oh, I'm no, cashing yeah. in. Like, sorry, dude. Like, you had what a year. Mean? What do you want? He wins the championship at WrestleMania. Like, whether Punk or Rollins wins, I think that's the time he cashes it in. Okay. And then loses? He wins. So, yeah. Punk or Rollins retains as quickly as uh, Adam Copeland won the TNT championship and lost <laughs> it in the same night. <laughs> I think it's going to Yeah, pretty much something like that. That's what I expect at WrestleMania. <sighs> But I think we all agree. Rock is somehow main eventing WrestleMania. How we get there is going to be interesting and certainly depends upon a lot of factors what's your, going what's forward. What's your number? Got a lot I said 75. You say? 100. 100. Okay. Yeah. I'll just hold. Uh, you just, can't. Yeah. You, you just can't show up and be like, should I sit at the head of the table and just have the thing? I was just wondering like, if there's an injury. You know, that's the only thing. That's the reason why I went 75%. Sure. Like, you might. Well, so, ooh, one of his well, one of his football players might tackle him on the field from the UFL. You never know. Get that? He could stumble over grass. It's he was rock. a little gassed on Monday after that people's oh, elbow. That promo, man. He was like, "What should I do? Should I sit at the bar? If you smell a la la la, there wasn't a lot of L's there. We're gonna smell. We gotta go. No, it was just smell. Oh, yeah, he, he had to get out of there. Had to get out of there. Uh, plenty of other things happening, though, in the world of professional wrestling. We like to call it the three count here on GKW. Brian, All right. have- in the world of AEW, they celebrated five years this week, uh, New Year's Eve. So what's been the best and what's been the worst moment in AEW of their five-year history? So what are we sure. starting with? Best here? Do we want to start? We'll start with best. I mean, best is clearly Wembley. Like, to be able to put together that show and have one of the, whatever. (laughs) I don't care whatever the reported numbers are. I don't care. Stop debating it on Twitter. But to put it together, a show that big within the first five years of your existence, and to sell a lot of those tickets without even announcing what the main event was going to be, what the card was going to be, clearly that shows that you have a lot of potential as a company. And yeah, they have a lot of those negatives and lows, um, certainly that we can talk about. But the best thing that they've done clearly is being able to go over to Wembley and put together the show that they Yeah, did. there's no question. Think about it. If it's in 80, 81,000 people, and, and, it, and this is how WWE does it, guys, as we well know. They just say, WWE's coming to town. It's like, oh, I'm going to get a ticket. You don't know who's in the main event. You don't know who's on the card. For AEW, an alternative brand to be able to do that is a huge success, a feather in their cap. And on top of that, not that good of a main event. That wasn't a Hogan Andre at the top. That wasn't Roman at the top. It was just kind of like MJF and Adam Cole, which is fine for Dynamite (laughs) or or Revolution. Uh, But, but, I mean, the idea that they were able to do that, and it shows you how great the U.K. crowd is, that they went to support and just be part of something special to pack that place is great. Um, I think also on top of that, guys, a positive is is that they've got something that the NWA and MLW and Game Changer doesn't have and all your favorite indies don't have. Uh, They got TV, Mm -hmm. and they got more than just TV. Adding those extra shows, and again, 
you know, I don't care about all these other so-called TV experts about ratings because they don't understand them, just like we don't understand them either. Point is, though, is that there is a company that's willing to pay you to put uh, wrestling on Fridays and Saturday nights. Like, they're paying you to do this. So whatever the number is, that's a positive because that's money in your coffers. So I think that that's a positive as well, um, bro, it's is that big crowd. Uh, in the UK, in good TV, and they're still sustainable. They're still hanging in there pretty well for a company that's five years old. Yeah, I think that's the thing. When you step back and realize what they did at Wembley, like it is damn impressive, and that obviously is top of the list. The others I throw out there, the development of MJF, like him being a legit star in the business right now is because of AEW and what they've done with him. And also, and I think I also would put this on the worst side, they got CM Punk to come back. No one else was able to do that. Like, they still had that moment, and it was, you know, a rocky relationship at best, but they got CM Punk to come back. Oh, the first yeah. dance is definitely one of the best <sighs> moments. Like, I mean, to sell out, to sell out the United Center, to have that pop for CM Punk, to right. draw the rating, the number that they did on a Friday night rampage, like, it, it, that was certainly one of the spectacular moments. And yes, then right. brawl out, yeah. brawl in, like, all becomes part of the negative side of, the, of, of it, but... It, that doesn't take away the electricity and the specialness that was CM Punk. You know, Ga- Gabe, I was there for, as I told you the story before, I was there at the United Center for that. And it just made me feel great as a wrestling fan again. Not trying to be overdramatic, but just the idea that I'm at the United Center and everybody knows the worst kept secret in the business that CM <laughs> Punk was coming in and people were chanting CM Punk from the parking lot to the concourse to the bathrooms, everywhere else, chanting CM Punk. And then he arrives and I'm there. And again, this is under AEW's brand and it was great. And then I went to Milwaukee after that and it made me feel so good. I was like, what if I just went on tour with him? But how about, how about? Like, I think Cincinnati was next or whatever. I'm like, what if I just keep just keep going, right? Because it because it with Punk being there and just the good feeling of the company. I mean, AEW's brought back some great memories for me watching WCW or watching yeah. the WWE in the um in the Attitude Era. So I just think that that alternative brand, even the missteps, the ups and downs, they've provided some great moments and they provided some pro wrestling, terrific in-ring product. They want to be an alternative for sure. They were not sports entertainment at the beginning. They're about the in-ring product and they gave us a lot of that so far. Yeah, 100%. Can I nominate Sting? How they've handled right? Sting, I think has been a pretty good thing. Like some of those Sting spots <laughs> that he's done, I can't remember which pay-per-view it was, but when he's like jumping from the crowd, like above, like yeah. where mm-hmm. one of the tunnels are down onto people, like the way they've used Sting and kept him special and had him create a lot of those cool moments on his way out the door. Like I think that's certainly a highlight of the first five years of AEW. Yeah, as well. that's it. They've done so much right in the ring that like, yes, we criticize them when we talk about their booking, but like they've given us that pro wrestling. They give us those pay-per-views that we talk about all the time where, there might be some holes in storytelling, but we know it's going to deliver in the ring. And that's something as a wrestling fan that is exciting and one of the best parts of AEW existing right now. You know, the worst part for me, Gabe, about AEW is that we come to find out through five years that Tony Khan isn't much of a leader. He's a CEO for sure, but I'm not much of a leader. Now, I want to make a parallel between Tony Khan and Vince McMahon only in this regard. You know, Vince, and it's not talked about enough, how he enabled the click and enabled uh, HBK for whatever reason. I think that for some reason, like HBK was more of a son or more like Vince than Shane was because 
HBK was wild and he was doing shit in the in the back and you know was trying to manipulate uh, in the whole thing with uh, with uh, Bret Hart and a lot of stuff. Sean got away with a lot under Vince, and so did Triple H, and so did the whole click thing. And same thing here with Tony Khan. More of an enabler than anything else. You know, having to put a committee together of discipline instead of you just being able to say, all right, that's enough, you're fired. I mean, even Vince has done that in the past. But I think that the the real black mark for uh, AEW for me, guys, is that Tony Khan, for all the goodies put as far as putting matches together and making us feel good about the in-ring product, behind the scenes, um, really a substitute teacher more so than a CEO. And I think that was highlighted in the post-press conference um, after World's End this week. Because he was asked a couple of serious questions about sexual harassment. Um, some, some pretty serious questions were, went his way. And the first time he answered the first one, because there were a number of them that came his way, he still had the goofy hat and sunglasses on that were put on him by Tony Storm. Like, at that point, you have to realize, okay, like, you're having fun at the press conference. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having these, you know, having the wrestlers come through and you got the hat on, you're having a good time. But the second that you decide that you're going to answer the serious question while not looking serious, while being in this ridiculous outfit, like, you got to be serious in that moment, Tony. And and he hasn't, it seems like, hasn't been able to figure out that, hey, at times you got to be serious doing this. There are serious consequences here. And he he definitely yeah, needs that's to why, figure like, that out. I the thing I wrote top of the list for worst is CM Punk and just the way that was handled because you enabled him and then you also pushed out the elite and where they're at right now doesn't seem to be a good spot. Like that was all sort of enabled and put in that position to where even, you know, a jungle boy feels empowered to go out there and does what he does on TV and talk about the class. Like that is a reflection of the top and that's been their biggest issue so far. Uh, some of the funny, like, not to transition from, like, the serious one, but, like, some of the worst moments that came to my head. Um, yeah. Eddie Kingston still pretending yeah. like the ring blew up when the <laughs> ring didn't blow up. Um, Cody Rhodes ending yep. racism with his promo. Um, you know, so kudos kudos to Cody Charles for Reed that. the pizza cutter um, spot, Nick Gage. Shout out to Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> that one wasn't well-received. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there there have right. been some more humorous <laughs> worst moments for uh, for AEW during this run. But yeah, the one that really stands out to me, oh the uh, the uh, the mm. orange mimosa, the the mimosa match between Chris what about, Jericho and we talked about a lot, Forbidden Door one and how that sort of cooled off AEW. Yeah, that was that wasn't great. Um, but again, but but it led to a positive at least because they sure. learned the second time around. They had so much momentum that they then halted to try to set up the matches and tell some stories heading into for Forbidden Door One. Um, that certainly was a negative, and, and it is certainly. I, I don't know if they've been as hot since coming off of that yeah. double or nothing that cooled down that quickly. I also would throw in for worst uh, Matt Hardy. Just you know. Yeah, just in general. Just in general. Yeah, him on just TV, in general. him trying to wrestle, <laughs> I, him on Twitter. Like, we've got enough. Thanks for your time, Matt. <laughs> it was interesting that uh, Private Party yes. debuted without him, you know, <laughs> and, and broke away from the Hardys, which is good for them. Um, trying to think of other I mean, I just remember, like, the start and stop that, booking that in terms had. of AEW. Like, when we have guys and girls that get so hot, yeah. and then it's like, you know, maybe I should take a few weeks off. It's like, no, like do more. Let's see them more. Like there's been too much of that in AEW. 
And honestly, this this all probably starts. I mean, another bad one was the rumors surrounding sure. Thunder Rosa and her refusal to give up the AEW Women's Championship. I think that that was kind of the tip of the iceberg that we then discovered that led. Oh, maybe there are some deeper issues going on inside that AEW locker room. I think that kind of started snowballing for for AEW. Um, it started there. Then obviously we got to brawl in, brawl out, and and all the other kind of locker room yep, stuff. But hey, five of. years still kicking, so that's a win. Look, look, and, and I think overall the five yes, years agreed. has been positive. Like, yeah, there are negative things, and you you want to talk about the booking. I mean, we were just right. making fun of Triple H <laughs> and his booking and, and how he, he dealt, you know, cooled down L.A. night. Like, not every booking decision is going to be perfect, and Tony Khan still has a long way to go in terms of his booking, but I think that he, he has shown that he has learned lessons, as we pointed out with Forbidden Door 1, Forbidden Door 2. They put on great pay-per-views. I think we would wish they would love, you know, we would love it if they told some yep. more meaningful long-term stories, but that comes with time. That comes with experience. That comes with actually listening to some of the people like Brian Danielson around you. And hopefully that just continues. I mean, five years of AEW, man, yep. tip of the cap to you. Again, this, this whole thing started with a tent, you know, Oh, can they fill a 10,000 you know, seat place? And they did it the first all in. And for that to grow to what it has today, I, I think that's overwhelmingly a success. And I will shout out because I think it was a great, uh, I, I don't know if anybody else had a chance to read it. Um, MJF wrote a great piece at the, Players um, Tribune. Uh, I'm blanking on the name yep. of the place, Players Tribune, about how like he just doesn't understand the people rooting for AEW to fail because like having competition like, do we think the bloodline happens no, without AEW? No. I don't. I certainly do not. Having competition makes everybody better. It gives you more options, and it makes it cooler when people are going back and forth. It, it just makes pro wrestling a better place yeah, to I mean, be. So, you know, tip of the cap We've to talked AEW a lot about how 24 is going to be such an exciting time in wrestling, and free agency is a thing again, which we'll get to. But, like, WWE post-WCW was bad. And AEW has made them better. They've made pro wrestling better. Impact's on better. New Japan, like, that is because of the existence of AEW. What do we got Speaking at number two AEW, this week? Saturday night on Long Island, Samoa Joe beat MJF to become the new AEW world champion. Who should be Samoa Joe's first challenger for that world title? <sighs> this is a complicated <laughs> one. Because Swerve is so hot. And yet, I don't think they want to have a short, meaningless run for Samoa Joe. So I kind of have a feeling that they, th you know, it, it may I may end up being way off on this, but it seemed like to me they threw Hangman in to reignite that feud with Swerve, so we could have a three-way between Swerve, Hangman, and Joe, only for Hangman to take the pin to try to keep. Swerve Strickland as hot as he is. Uh, does that mean that Hangman wins the championship or? No, Hangman's, uh, Hangman's eating, the, eating pin. the pin. Okay, against Samoa Joe. Okay. Yeah, he's eating the pin from, like, Samoa Joe pins him. Swerve doesn't get pinned. Swerve can still kind of continue whatever chase he wants. But it, it just seems like, as, and they kind of ran into this with Ricky Starks early in the, in, in the MJF run. I, I have more confidence that Swerve and the performer that he is is going to be able to keep himself hotter than Ricky was after he had that early championship uh, attempt at MJF. But it just seems like I, 
I don't want to take the championship right off of Samoa Joe just to put it on. Uh, eventually that will happen, but I want Joe to be able to have um, you know, some really good matches. It sounds like Wardlow is going to be one of the first to be able to step up for this, right? Wardlow Joe, I think that looks yes. good in the ring. But isn't that like Joe was leaning in on being on a he- being a heel, Wardlow's a heel like I think to Revolution, which is the next pay-per-view March 3rd in Greensboro, is that a pay-per-view main event? Is Joe a heel? Yes. Yeah, he's he's pretty aligned. He's he's pretty aligned mm. with uh, <laughs> the, the, yeah. the devil just helped him mm. out and <laughs> softened up MJF. I don't MJF know if that's clearly defined in, in uh, AEW. Do you? He, so. he, well, he called uh, Adam Cole yeah, called him a buddies. friend. He called Samoa Joe a friend during the promo. God, that's it. But well, he's a cool heel then. And we, <laughs> and it, there's a lot of there's a lot of those oh, in wrestling because I mean he get he gets cheered. Look, I'm. I'm all in on, yeah. I'm all in on cool heel Samoa Joe. Like I, I am a huge Samoa Joe fan. Could not be more excited to answer your question, bro. It's no, it does not main event because I think Sting's going to main event. Like Sting's last match has to main event. So Revolution. I'll throw this out there with Joe being a heel. Could Revolution main event be Joe and Sting for the title? No, you're not trying to kill, murder Sting at the end. <laughs> My God, you're trying to murder him. My God. Well, just making a triple threat no, with Bruce. Why don't you murder him? I mean, no. he's better than that, isn't he? Not on board with that. God Final sick. match, world title. You get the impact feels. This no? is why. This is why we've always said Tony's done a great job, right? <laughs> Because Vince would have put him out there, right? Well, goddamn it, pal! I mean, yeah. I mean, you're Sting, like he did the Undertaker. I mean, listen, this is why they've done a wonderful job with Kid Gloves taking care of Sting. Get it yourself in a six-man, eight-man tag team match, five ten minutes, nice and clean, in and out. <laughs> get the pin, stay undefeated. So long, everybody. They Good haven't job. announced an opponent yet. What way oh, to go no. out? You get the tease, like is Sting going to be a world champ again? No. Is Sting because Sting's old school? Is Sting yeah. gonna go out on his back? He should, but he won't because you don't. Because especially if he's okay. in the main event, that feeling of it, it'll be like what we just saw at uh, World's End. You notice how deflated the crowd was in Uniondale? They're like, oh, like you knew he was gonna lose the title, but people hold out hope in New York, and there's like, ah, oh. so the people. Also, go that home crowd unhappy. sucked. That was not a good crowd Saturday. Well, they want to be sports entertained. That's why. Well, they did. Well, in, in fairness, in fairness, the first half of the card wasn't <laughs> didn't didn't really do its job in kind of keeping it. Yeah. for three fourths of the card, but one of the final three matches, I'd say that. But yeah, so I'll give him that. Yeah, the three the last three matches were yes spectacular. But, some, but more on that, some some pay per views on a three match card though. But I just thought that a lot of that was rampage. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. like I'm like Abaddon, really? Like yeah. explain, just explain to me oh, who no, Abaddon was, is. That's st- I mean, it was. It was Saturday night. It was basically collision I mean, until the last three matches. Honest. So did we go through all the names, guys? Because, no. okay, so we what, I, not, what no. I'm saying is is that as, as huge as this roster is, are they are there really believable contenders for Joe? I mean, think about it. There's a lot of wrestlers on this on this <sighs> roster, that and ROH, but are they really believable? Like, oh, man, if this, if this is the matchup, Joe could lose the title. But remember, we're a month removed from all those contenders for MJF. Like with the Jay White, with the Cole, with Joe. Like we had all them right there. It just didn't feel like we're there anymore. Well, they, that's because now a right. heel is champion. Like they've got they've got a, a roster full of heels yes. ready to challenge. 
Like I mean, we just mentioned Wardlow. Like I think Wardlow's ready to challenge. Obviously, whenever Adam Cole becomes healthy, he's ready to challenge. You could always, you know, throw Jay White out there, Swerve Strickland. Mm. Like, I, I mean, I, I, is it Claudio? Is it, I don't know. Like babyface wise, they don't have a lot of baby faces that are, are ready to line up to that heel challenge, that heel Darby, champion right now. Orange. Like, who, well, it was Darby until that match last night. Now he's not, <laughs> he's just a bouncing ball now, for God's sakes. I mean, but, but that's, I think that's the point we have to make, though, because as much as we like the roster for AEW, the believable main event caliber uh, opponents for Joe on the babyface side, but Hangman Page is right there. Yeah. But do you believe that he's going to be champion? Daniel Garcia? No. I mean, but, but I mean, that's kind of, I mean, I think that's, you do have to build a believable one. Whoever challenges first doesn't necessarily become a, you know, like Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm, I'm just going to go over the WWE side. Like Shinsuke Nakamura was a great challenger, I thought, for Seth Rollins. I didn't for a second believe he was going to win the championship, right? Like, it just wasn't going to happen. You're not going to give it to Shin. We know that. You know that. But they still told a good story. I, I don't know. I mean, they might be able to tell a good story with Samoa Joe if if Hangman Page is the first one because he is a former mm-hmm. AEW champion. He is one of their top baby faces. I think you could tell a good story, even though we know he's not well, going I mean, to win. You said almost dismissive, but, it, like, if we know this world title match is first, you know, pay-per-view one, is it going to be the main event? Maybe you can get away with the Daniel Garcia. Like the crowd's been so into him, the way they ended the Continental Classic with him. Like maybe there is something there. Yes, this is Barry Horowitz. <laughs> Lose a hundred matches, and then all of a sudden, you. I mean, this is this is what it is, right? Like, and we all respect Daniel Garcia. Yeah. I don't know why he's had to go through this losing streak, but I mean, if you're trying to tear him down to build him up again. It's got to be more than just the fist. What else? Sure. He does that, and it, and it can wrestle pure title matches in ROH. And then what? I saw a sit-down, by the way, with Renee, and I still didn't get a lie. It was four minutes. I don't know if you guys saw this online. Yeah. I'm watching this, and it's like, he says, yeah, I like to moisturize. Yeah, I like to, you know, I feel like it's great that I can be able to moisturize my skin. And, you know, I get a lot of rest and sleep. I'm like, dude, come on, man. I dance off with electric, though, with Nana. The crowd was eating that up last you, night. They, he need, he badly needs Daddy Magic as a manager because it's the only entertainment there. Well, that's but I think that's what Daddy Magic's yeah. kind of becoming is like Daddy Magic's the personality there, where Garcia is the guy in the ring. It's not good enough because they put they put Daddy Magic on commentary. Oh, Another well, one I'll throw out because just thinking about the kind of classic they were slowly building them up. Maybe more of a face turn, Brody. We know that match would deliver. Well, no question. I'm a big Brody King fan. Yeah, and slapping meat. Well, and and the other thing is, it doesn't. It, maybe it could be heel versus heel because what they're what they at least started to do with the uh, undisputed kingdom is the first people who came out yeah. were also heels. You also had Bullet Club Gold come out and be like those first ones out there. So you might be able to do a heel versus heel thing. Especially because you don't have that baby boy, face. You know, I will look at this roster. Boy, they got a heel factory, don't they? Yeah. <sighs> they do. Now, now here, here it is. What Joe told you in the press conference, he goes, I'll take on anybody. And in AEW, that works, right? In WWE, yeah. with this more story yeah. and heel versus baby face, that's the foundation that Triple H wants to be able to get back. But AEW, they're like, all right, Brian Cage going out there against Joe. You know, Vikingo, like, like, like whomever. 
Just put a match because that's how Tony mm -hmm. looks at it. Just a, a good match and a good card. Because I mean, the the biggest baby faces right now are also like Eddie Kingston's one of your top baby faces right now. He's got his own championship. Orange Cassidy obviously has a championship. Like I, I don't think we're gonna recycle Mox back out there right now, right? Like to, to be a challenger. I don't think we're at that point where you you just want to throw Mox out That's there. That's a baby face do it. Uh, faction, right? BCC, maybe. I think so. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, well, so here's the thing. I think Mox and Danielson are baby faces. Wheeler's uh -huh. definitely a heel, and I think Claudio's kind of a heel too. But Brian's a heel when he's facing Eddie. Yeah, yes. he was, was leaning he in on that. Yeah, that switched. Yeah. He that called switched him a bum. You can't call Eddie Kingston a bum. He's a Continental Classic champion there. See how murky it is with Danielson. <laughs> I'm told to be a baby face, yeah. but then you call someone a bum, yeah. like, and it was a in Danielson wrestled as a heel against Kingston in that match. Mm -hmm. It's it's uh mm -hmm. maybe it doesn't matter as much to AEW as much as it is to us, but when I look at this roster, boy, there's a lot of heels there, and again, still good matchups for Joe. If you don't care about baby face and heel, yeah. there's plenty of good matchups. You're just not going to get the person you always cheer for, right? You know. <laughs> That's why we're rooting for Samoa yeah. Joe, baby. Put him up. I'll put him up. I'll put him uh, up. Right. We got at number three. Rumors and free agency in the women's <laughs> division of both companies. Currently, we saw AW last night add Deanna Perrazzo. Also, rumors going to be adding Mercedes Monet coming up soon. The WWE reportedly going to be re-adding Trinity to their roster in 2024. Which women's division will be better? <sighs> the better roster, I think, belongs. AEW. <sighs> I think it does, but the problem is they don't get it, they don't get right. booked. And if if I'm if if I'm looking at this like the, the better roster, yes, is AEW because Mercedes Monet is one of the biggest female wrestling stars out there. Like she she's crossed over, she's appearing in you know a, a lot of different things as an actress as well. So she's starting to have that crossover appeal a little bit. But the problem is like the women just don't get the time that they do over in WWE. Like again, as as evidenced by one of the top stars. In in a in WWE yep. is Rhea Ripley, like she is so much. She is Monday Night Raw. Gets featured a ton so on Monday Night Raw. So, the, the, what she you know and and that just shows you okay. You give the women time. This is what they can be. This is what they can do. They can carry your company. And I I think if the women got more of an opportunity, I, I think that they could shine in AEW. They just haven't figured out how to do it yet for whatever. You reason. know, just as an aside, talking about this about the women, it's funny we bring this up, bro. It's because did you notice Monday Night Raw this past Monday in San Diego? Did you notice, if I'm not mistaken, it was near three women's matches on the card? I believe it was. Um, Nia Jackson, Becky Lynch, uh -huh. we got Rhea Ripley, yep. Ivy Nile, and oh, we've yeah. got Zoe Stagman and Baszler yeah. and then a tag match. Keegan Knox and Natalia. I don't know how often we've seen that, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, that tag match put in a rough spot to follow a Dwayne. Uh, so the crowd was a little exhausted, but yes, I get your point. Uh, so, okay, it is. We you are correct when you say, well, how can AEW do this? It's been a, a long time bitch of a lot of people on um, the internet regarding how AEW doesn't utilize the women properly or they're not getting enough shine. Hell, it's led by Britt Baker, who, <laughs> who I mean – Last year, late last year, she was just like, hey, where's, where's my time? Now, she's been hurt, and she's still looking for time. 
It doesn't mean that, hey, her voice still works. She just can't work in the ring right now. But look at that roster, right? Not adding Deanna Parazzo. This person hit GKW underscore wrestling yesterday. And I said, hey, this is great. You know, Deanna Parazzo coming from Impact Wrestling. This is great. And I said, my response was, it's great because it adds more of a veteran presence to the roster. She won't be able to add any ratings or attendance. I go, I go, first of all, go pound sand. What are you talking about? I was like, do you mean that every person that you bring into your wrestling company is supposed to be there to increase the ratings 100% and increase the 10? No, it's like a baseball team or a football team. You're just adding to your roster so you can have a winning roster. Parazzo is one of those people that you bring in. She's had a lot of great matches, and she'll be a nice veteran. If they utilize her properly, she'll be in the title picture. But, I mean, I think that that's that's Uh cool. I think that they have a number of women, but as you guys said, they, they just need to be utilized a lot more and be put in the uh, spotlight a lot more. Ju- they got it right with Julia Hart. Yeah. And Tony. Yeah. And Tony. So, I mean, yeah, with Tony, again, but it just seems like they're trying to get more women involved, but it just kind of it ends up being these backstage right. vignettes. Like, I mean, how long was, was Tony's thing with, with Renee this week? 30 seconds? Before she was scooped up and and said her, she doesn't even say her full catchphrase anymore. It just she shortened it to three words, um, and, and then yeah. I noticed that, <laughs> which, which that may have sounded like I'm complaining. It's not. It's hilarious. A plus work from in that thirty seconds. I just wish she Can't had hit you so long and Go on. yeah, <laughs> and, and and then you have the whole thing with. You know, the outcasts, they're trying to keep that alive. That ends up being a backstage thing with Ooh. Renee as well, with uh, with Soraya and Ruby. But it, So that's all they kind of get, and then maybe you get then you know a match out there. But the one match they get was it, Mariah May's debut, which was really just a tool to get. But that was a good process. match. Yeah, like, was really got a good match, but that wasn't a squash. And, like, yeah. Mariah Allman is not someone I've watched, but everyone seems to be very high on her. So hopefully we get stuff there. You have Tony, you have Britt, you have Sky. Like, you got to hate her eventually. I mean, Hood and I were talking before the show. You have Athena on this roster who's doing unbelievable work. You're just putting her behind a paywall for some reason. So, like, a nice, a nice vignette for Serena Deeb. She's back. Yes. So, oh, Serena Deeb's vignette was spectacular. stuff to work with there. But yes, I completely agree. Like, I'm not ready to give them the benefit of the doubt yet and say, oh, yeah, with this roster, they're going to cook because. We haven't seen it with the women's division just yet. With this, they roster, should, they should, yes, hundred <laughs> percent. They should, they should cook, and because you take a look at WWE, like W and, and WWE's women's roster is, I mean, yeah. this is the golden uh-huh. era of women's wrestling. But like the women's roster they have over there, we mentioned the ones that were featured on Monday Night Raw, and of course, I mean, unfortunately for them, you know, Charlotte Flair's probably going to be out most of the year. But I think they're um, okay in that she works department. Back like, her knee. Them losing Charlotte isn't a huge they blow are. for that they, women's division. No, but I would say that. I mean, isn't it, it? It's pretty wild to me that Mariah May had de- like went to AEW after they lost um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Jade, and we we haven't seen Jade yeah. over in WWE. Like, continues to just be you want to talk about Food Network down. this like, week? They put her out there, paraded her around, wow. and we have not seen Jade Cargill. Do we see her at the Rumble? Is that what they're trying to uh, wait for? Yeah, possibly. And I think and, the and, other possibility is the bell rang. I think that's that also that also was a problem. Yeah. <laughs> we, we 
Yeah. We've been through this 100%. game. And just like, it's like, boy, she looks great. All right. Uh, let me see what you can do. Oh, shit. Okay. We got some work to do. Who taught you? <laughs> QT Marshall? Oh, okay. All right. We need to build you down to build you back up again so you learn the WWE style. I mean, they even had the weird spotlight. I meant the Food yeah, Network and- thing. Like they're p- promoting that Willow was on Food Network due to the Warner relationship. Jade was also on that episode. So I guess whenever they filmed it, she still worked for AEW. Like she retweeted, like, Probably. hey, I'm on also. I was like, eh. But that's another person yes. in the AEW roster. Like Willow's got a ton of potential over there. And but but my point with Mariah May, I would say with May, the possibility of Monet and Deanna Perazzo, like AEW's winning yeah. that free agent war with WWE because their one big one, Jade Cargill, has not done anything yeah. since she's been signed. I mean, and also in terms of like twenty four, I feel like haven't we sort of heard that Becky's up in twenty four? Like if they actually start developing a women's roster. Isn't that intriguing to someone like her that wants to work? I would be shocked if Becky okay. left WWE. <laughs> he says he's holding out hope. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, because maybe Adam Copeland's the, pro, the Pied Piper. Yeah. so bad over here, right? <laughs> I think it's Rollins and Becky, I believe, are up this year. I believe they both are. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm guessing, I'm guessing they're wherever they yeah. go, they go together. And I have a hard time imagining. <laughs> that they leave. Okay, it's 2024, <laughs> and we continue to see like the. There's a possibility in this year of our Lord 2024 that the WWE and AEW could be under the same umbrella from a television <laughs> standpoint. In which, it, <laughs> brothers, well, again, that happens. That, that all bets are off if everybody's under the the if, if Warner Brothers Discovery Paramount ends up becoming the lord of you know all professional wrestling. Okay, and anything I mean, is possible. you get that if it's Warner Brothers Discovery, none of the same umbrella. You'll get some trades, man. You you <laughs> you start getting some trades of talent. I mean, you get oh so, yeah. So here's here's the trade, right? The trade is it's Becky and Seth going to to AEW, and on the other side. Uh, it's House of Black going back to WWE. Ooh. Yeah. That's, that's fair. Or maybe a little Ooh. bit more from AEW. Actually, they can. I think you need some more. more there. You need more? Yeah. What else do you want to? What do you also want to give? Because it's you got the face of the women's division already with Becky. Yeah. Then you have Seth, right? Okay. On the other side, I said House mm-hmm. of Black. No Julia Hart, just the guys. Yeah. Oh, just the guys. Oh, no, oh no, I thought no. Julia was oh, going to no. be included in that because you know she's she's, she's a part of the House that's of Black. That's part of my youth movement. She's twenty two. What about Britt? <laughs> Can Britt be part of that? Uh, but Adam's got to be there, too. So, no, that can't be. <laughs> Selena and Alistair, they work separate. Buddy, there's plenty of couples that are separated right now. Buddy and Rhea. <laughs> but Buddy and Rhea, no. I think there's still some more you could purge. I think you'd do a five or two trade. Yeah, but we've got another couple coming back together with Andrade going yeah, back to WWE. so happy working for Tony. He actually, I mean, I was surprised he gave such a glowing <laughs> review of AEW on on Twitter. That was a very, that was a very wild. That was, a, I did not expect that him him putting out a social media post right. thanking Tony Khan and everybody in <laughs> AEW. Uh, you know what? He was Mister. He was Mister Collision. He he took his hat off. Said thank you for making me Mister Collision. Because he was, those were must watch matches. Yeah. I'm like, oh, when you saw him come down with the mat, I'm like, oh, okay, here's another 25 minutes. All right, here we go. He didn't wrestle anything less than 25 minutes. It was always the classic. No. <laughs> always. Huh, I mean, he's, he's there for the night. Might as well use him, right? So, 
I think the overall point here, though, is that 2024 should be quite possibly the best year of women's wrestling. If so, w- so we all agree it's AEW, just utilized correctly, but what's lacking WWE? What makes them less than AEW? I think it's just talent at this point, and it's no offense to the WWE roster. I think AEW is just going to have more of it. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, they could do some really interesting things. I mean, eventually, I think we're going to get the the Bailey gets kicked out of uh, damage control. I think you've got some interesting stories to tell there. I mean, that damage control and the talent that exists within that faction right now is yeah. But I think when it comes to WWE, there still is the WWE. We'll call it style, like a Candice LeRae, a Tegan Knox. Like women like that are never going to take the next step in WWE. Like I, they're I, gonna I, be, oh, you're who you are, and that's it. I, I'll submit that the the youth movement of the NXT women that will bring some talent to WWE. Yeah. WWE. The Kate, the Jorah, the uh, Cora Jades, Danny Palmer. There's a number of women that I see here. The uh, Gigi Dolan is she on the? She's still on the main roster yet. Is she still an NXT? I, person? Think, I mean, Tiffany Stratton. We saw yeah. what she did with Becky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you have to replace the Ivy Niles with other. Younger talent, please. Sure. Thank you very much. <laughs> I thought Ivy did fine. It's just, yeah, her next to Rhea. It was a, si- a different look. It was a size problem. That was the yeah. problem with that match, size. Yeah. She, I mean, she's little, and then, like, Rhea's so strong and big, and it's like the matchup wasn't great because of the size. Yeah. yeah. It just didn't work so. out. I appreciate what they – I appreciate they tried it, but, yeah, it's just not <laughs> – what do we got all this right, weekend? We'll start with free agency and some updates on names all over the place. I mentioned Mercedes Monet reportedly going to be signing with AEW soon. Deanna Perrazzo is all elite. We saw that last night. Trinity expected to head back to the WWE, according to Sean Ross Sapp. Some others, Andrade no longer with AEW. And then the WWE releases, they're all free agents now. Mustafa Ali posting on Twitter. He's going to be working a lot starting next week, January 12th in Chicago against Gringo Loco, working with GCW. And Nick Nemeth, we haven't seen where he's going yet, but there's a social video, and we saw him this morning, Wrestle Kingdom, a little interaction with David Finley. Yeah, so it seems like, it seems like, I mean, he's, again, he's, they're not going to roll him out. I saw the social media post. They're not going to roll out uh, the, the former Dolph Ziggler at New <laughs> Japan, put him in the VIP area, and not pay that off. So clearly he's going to be doing some things with New Japan. And if you're an American working in New Japan, Clearly, there's going to be AEW rumors. <laughs> New Japan in California next uh, weekend. So maybe we see Nick there. So we talk about a free agency movement in AEW, WWE. In all Japan and New Japan, there's a lot of that, too. There's a lot of in and out there. They're not really stable in New Japan, either. The funny part, there's a couple of things we're going to talk about. But the number, the funny part about um, Nick Nemeth coming out is that his brother, Hollywood Hunk, was right, right behind him. The camera just focused on Dolph. Yeah, just on Nick. <laughs> I'm like, what about yeah. what about Hollywood Hunk? What about him? He was just a guy, <laughs> right? He just like they kept focusing on Nick. Like, what about his brother? Wait a minute, what about Hollywood? Nope, no Hollywood Hunk. They no. pay the announcers in New Japan paid no attention. They're both coming down, and there he is, Nick Nemeth. But his brother's right there. That's how, how much of a douche Hollywood Hunk is. <laughs> he, they don't even put him on the TV. Won't even talk about him. If they put more uh, Nick Nemeth. On uh, on New Japan, like there are some really intriguing matchups there. I might not cancel my New Japan World this time. I can't. Around. I can't read. <laughs> Still there. Um, you know what I'm mad at? I'm mad at Impact, and I'm mad at some of these other companies. 
Like, so Trinity's here for a cup of coffee. Hey, Impact, right. come on. Yeah, now you're TNA again. Cough up the money. Keep some of these free agents around. I mean, I, I understand you do, you can't compare the money with AEW and WWE to, to TNA, but my God, can't you make an offer that's a lot better? Like the whole Will Ospreay thing. Ospreay said, I love TNA. Clearly, they couldn't pay him enough. I'm mad at them because they, after all this time being in business, Gabe, for God's sakes, get yourself a partner. Get yourself some sponsors. Get, just put the money together and say, could you stay with us another year? Can we make some pay-per-view money with you as a main event? I'm pissed off at that because it should not be a two-horse race. Someone else is going to come in this race. I mean, it was a big win for them to get Trinity. But, yeah, to lose her so fast. But they're going back to TNA next weekend. Yeah, I'm not happy with that. I mean, and so, and the other, and this is why, again, 2024, guys, is going to be so interesting with all of the the free agency there. Um, Mercedes Monet. We're sure she's going to AEW. I've said I've seen the same thing. You no, sure? I mean until we see her show up, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm I'm not 100 positive. It's just that's the that's the direction it's Boy, heading. That would change business for the right for for the good for AEW. But again, it's about the booking, right? You put Mercedes Monet in there; she's the face of the women's division. But you got to book it right. Yep. She just can't be on on a ra- random rampage against you know some mediocre superstar you have to treat her like a star yep uh and the wwe world continue to go international today triple h announcing money in the bank in 2024 will take place july 6th in toronto smackdown nxt heat wave there as well that'll now be four pay-per-views or premium live events in 2024 taking place outside of the u.s do you know if that's blue jay stadium or is that just the arena where the uh, maple leafs play yeah, my, or yeah, where the Raptors or Maple Leafs play. My guess is it's an arena event, unless they think they can. I mean, they, they go to Canada enough where I don't think that they'd be able to sell it a bigger venue, I right? Uh, so. I mean, Toronto's crazy. It's uh, Scotiabank Arena. So it's the arena. Oh, inside. So 20,000. 20, okay. Yeah. And so they, yeah. they throw the NXT in there as well so they can be in front of a different crowd. That's smart. Yep. That's smart. They'll, that'll draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Canada, oh, really Australia, yeah. France, and Germany. All hosting in 24. That's Nick Khan, brother. Nick Khan. Well, this this is a whole different company now. Well, especially because like AEW has a pretty good international presence. Again, we started the show talking about, you know, how their their crowning achievement has been Wembley. But, you know, when when you start paying attention to international markets, AEW does very well. Going to those international markets and doing shows that's going to cut into AW business. That's, that's smart. That's I mean, smart this, you could just tell by having those arena events going back to even last couple of years. We've talked about it. It's a different company without Vince hovering around. And then, by the way, a new show. Do you notice the open of Raw? You get you got the announcers in the ring, like kind of UFC style. I'm like, yeah. boy, you could tell this is post Kevin Dunn. Dunn would have never allowed that. They're on the house mic. Yeah, Michael <laughs> Cole in the arena. I'm like, whoa, this feels yep. big. And we're looking at them, and the camera's not moving around. Really weird. <laughs> right. Let, by the way, very few camera cuts. Yeah. Not like we saw before. This, Gabe, we're watching a whole new Raw. Like, that's, that is, it shows you no Vince, no Kevin Dunn. Like, this is going to be a different product. This will be Triple H's, you know, full focus, his full view of how he wants the wrestling show to look. On to the movie world. Chavo Guerrero Jr. Start. tells CBS Sports that he has been approached about a Guerrero family biopic. Good. I sign me up. 
Like if if, if it's yeah. as good as the one I just watched a couple weekends ago, yeah, sign me up. I'm in. I'm in for more fam- wrestling family biopics. I want um, the full view now. I want all of it. I don't want it to be the Guerrero family and it's all Eddie. I don't sure. want that now. I want Hector as a gobbledygooker. Mm-hmm. I want to know what what that felt like to be in that coming out of that egg at Survivor <laughs> Series. I want to know about Chavo Classic. Hopefully, you got some old California tapes from the uh, 70s that I can see when he was dominating uh, the L.A. market. I want all that stuff. Speaking of movies, by the way, Aaron Dean Eisenberg, who played Ric Flair in The Iron Cloth, not the best of reviews. He says he's sorry if you didn't like how he portrayed Ric Flair. He stands behind what he did. Gabe, you, saw, did you <laughs> see it? You saw it? Shouldn't, yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. So um, I really like the yeah. back half of the movie. Um, the, the early part of the movie, it all kind of seemed rush. It was tough to try to, t- I think like connect with a lot of those characters. Cause there's a lot going on and they're, they're trying to advance it so much. And, and I understand it's probably tough because in order to tell the full Von Eric story, that probably needs to be a longer movie. Again, they cut right. out one of the actual brothers, right? So like, it probably needs to be a longer movie, but at the same time, you're making a movie about a wrestling family, so you probably can't make it longer and actually have people go see it. But I, especially the back half of movie, I loved. Um, yes, my my first review, my the part of the review I texted to you guys was, how can you not have anybody like? Everybody right. does a Ric Flair. He's doing sting woos instead of the Ric Flair woo. Like it just it may I could not believe that the one character that is everybody recognizes. And you it get was that better one. off if Jay Lethal was Ric Flair and Newsflash, those two don't look the same. <laughs> Thank you very much for that, sir. Yep, you're welcome. Thank you very much <laughs> for pointing that out. <laughs> Just a, a, a quick review from me, as Gabe mentioned. So there's a lot of death in that family. And if you haven't seen The Iron Claw, we ask you to go see it because that's a great, it, it brought me back to my childhood watching World Class. So you're just going to cut out Chris Von Eric like he was never around. He killed himself as well. Young Chris Von Erich. Mm-hmm. MJF didn't get a chance to shine as Lance Von Erich, the, the fake Von Erich. God, that was so terrible. We come to find out that Fritz was a, was a, a, a jerk-off because he was someone yep. who kept pushing the Von Erichs out there. I love the blurred lines of making wrestling real and not yeah. real. I, it, it, it came across as a legit sport. Right. That's just the way it was told. But but Fritz pissed me off because we, I probably should have known this as a kid, but I didn't because I wasn't smart. But just the idea that he was pushing his kids out there and pushing them and pushing them too much. And the mother had no say. Uh, Fritz's wife had no say in mm-hmm. it. And Fritz was trying to do something that he never did. And that's become the NWA champion. And that was the big thing because world class didn't have their own champion. They did not call it WCCW as they did. They did not have in-ring promos like that, <laughs> but it's cool. It, it made it more modern. I get it, but they call it like WCCW. Like, eh, yeah, they don't need to really call it that. It was always world-class or world-class championship wrestling. The the announcer that was Bill Mercer was actually better than Bill Mercer. The play-by-play guy. <laughs> I was shocked. I'm like, boy, this guy's way better than Bill ever was. Bill was terrible. Um, uh, and and by the way, where do you find a Harley Race lookalike? Yes. Well, no. Like the dude nailed that again. You 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 get Ric Flair that wrong, but you somehow nail Harley Race. Like, it was like that made no sense. It oh. was Harley. Like I didn't understand. I was like, what are they doing here? Like, where do you find a someone that looks like Harley Race? It blew my mind. I'm like, that looks just like Harley. It was yeah. great. 
they spent all their budget on a CGI Harley race. That's the only way you can actually explain it. They they just CGI but Harley. Otherwise, I mean, the story was told very well. Yeah. Um, Kevin should have been the NWA mm-hmm. champion, but Kevin was terrible on the mic. He's terrible. He's what seventy years old. He's still terrible on the mic. Yeah, <laughs> Kevin Von Erich is horrible on the mic, and that's why he wasn't champion. David Von Erich was supposed to be the champion because he could work healer babyface guys. He worked babyface obviously in Dallas, but he would go to St. Louis or go to other territories and be and in Florida and be a monster heel. He was a, he was a jerk in other places, but. Only the territory only saw that in that particular area. So, I mean, a tragedy, but also a refresher of how strong world class was that they were good enough to be viable. Now, it's funny because it, it Fritz made it seem like that he was against the WWF at the time, or, and not really. It wasn't really a battle like it is now. It wasn't a wrestling war. It, it seemed like it was, but it really wasn't. Um, but being on ESPN, that that mattered some too, so. but I will say like the movie made me go search out on YouTube and watch Flair vs. Carrie in Dallas, and we talk about fans and crowds being anything they're making us feel. They ate up everything, like every little side headlock, and like when Carrie Von Erich eventually wins the title that night, it was such a big deal. Like, oh, I'm invested in this grainy footage right now. I mean, uh, Gabe, there was a time where all these Von Erichs kept killing themselves from. You know, of all of them, David, and then the David dying, he didn't kill himself. He died in his bed in, uh, yeah. in Japan. And, you know, with Kerry, that whole thing. It's amazing how Kerry, it's amazing that Vince put the title, the IC title on Kerry with one foot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How crazy. How, 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 I mean, like he was getting it done. We all knew what happened, but he actually wrestled well. He had some great matches against Mr. Perfect. Uh, but just the idea that he couldn't keep going, and of course he's gone, and then Mike, and they didn't mention Chris, but it's just like all of this to me was just that because Fritz was never considered good enough to be the NWA champion. That's all this was about, and it drove his kids to suicide, a lot of them. Yeah, pretty yep. insane. Finally, news and notes, Wrestle Kingdom 18 in the books took place about 1.30 a.m. Eastern, got started here in the East Coast. Naito, the new IWGP World Champion, Okada and Danielson, another classic that's now tied 1-1. David Finley, the new New Japan Global Champion. And Tanahashi, the new New Japan Television Champion. So, Gabe Neitzel, here's what uh, this is what Broads and I have discovered. Those matches you just laid out, those are the matches okay. that we saw. Yeah, we, yeah. Didn't have, we didn't have eight hours to watch all of Wrestle yeah. Kingdom. We'll go back and watch the rest of it yeah. if we need to talk about it, but... So with Will Ospreay against John Moxley against uh, David Finley, uh, Fit Finley's kid is amazing. Yeah, uh, and I don't know if he's ever going to get to stateside and be a regular on one of these shows, but he was just amazing. Okada and Danielson is exactly what you thought it was, right? It, it's this is only the only difference is Danielson did not break his arm. Uh, <laughs> Thank God. But, Thank God. Well, I feel like we still have to wait for the post match and make sure Danielson's healthy. <laughs> you never know with him. 29, 30,000 people there at Wrestle Kingdom. It's always a, a good match. It's just long. It's just a yeah. long show. But the, I, the matches that Broach just talked about, those were, I thought were the best matches. I don't know why Tanahashi, who is the president of the company, wins a championship. That's bullshit. Yeah. I'm like, he, he could barely move against MJF. Remember we talked about that? We previewed yeah. that. I think it was Wrestle Dream, right? And now, and I said, you know, that's going to be the first yeah. match because Tanahashi can't move. Oh, here comes Tanahashi against MJF. <laughs> it was like a six-minute match. MJF was out the door. 
Yeah. Uh, gone. He didn't even stay for the rest of it because Tanahashi can't move. I don't know what the American equivalent of that is, but it just I don't want to see him out there anymore. Oh, Matt Hardy. Good one. Oh boy, people come <laughs> after you on that, man. Be careful. They're, they're like the Swifties. Be careful. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you just said wrestler who couldn't move. It's the first That's thing that popped point. in my head. Be one. Uh... <laughs> I will say, like those four matches alone, like it's worth the ten bucks. Like invest in New Japan for the month. Remember to cancel it if you don't want to continue to pay ten dollars a month. But like those four matches alone, well worth it. Shout out to their app. They now have an app. They didn't have that last year. You can skip around and watch matches. They're bookmarked. Ooh. Way to go, New Japan. Yeah. Worth checking out. Um, what do you guys have as your matches okay. of the week? <laughs> Got another half hour? <laughs> oh, no, I'll make it short. Um, so it's what, the matches we just talked about, so I can make it short. Uh, Osprey and Moxley and David Finley for the Global Championship. I don't know, bro. It's that if it's not the best match on Wrestle Kingdom, there's got to be Okada and Danielson that went 28 minutes. It went 28 minutes, yeah. uh, Gabe, and it was fantastic. And the, the reason why is because the story was told. Danielson was working on Okada's arm, so Okada can't hit the Rainmaker. And just a lot of these twisting mm-hmm. moves, the hammerlock into like a cradle, and you can see the of the shoulder popping out on Okada. Like just crazy moves. And this is Danielson living his dream. Couldn't do this in WWE, but he can do this uh this show here in Japan. Uh and to and your so- point about Finley, by the way, like we talked about before, yeah. like Get that guy out of there. We want to see Mox versus Omega versus uh, Osprey. Yeah, and they did a good job of telling that story. Like, hey, we're going to team up and get this douchebag out. Like, we're going to do our thing, and then yeah. he still shined in it. Very, very good. So I, I like that. Um, Darby against uh, Takeshita, uh, Dynamite, and I will give Rhea Ripley and Ivy Nile their credit because that was Triple H saying, "Okay, Ivy, I'm going to throw you into the deep deep end of the pool. See if you can swim." And I yeah. thought, you know, again, it was a matchup problem size-wise, but Ivy did the best that she could. I agree with those. I hope we see more out of Takesha. I feel like it's all the heat's on Callis right now. The other one I'll throw in there from Saturday, Adam Copeland versus Christian delivered again. Like, it's insane that we get to watch those two in 2024 do what they do, but that was a lot of fun. Was that the best, was that the best, best um, match at World's End for you? From a wrestling, yes. From a story standpoint, I loved Eddie beating Mox in the way they did that match. I was about to say, Eddie beating Mox was, so was my favorite match from World's End. Yeah. Well, again, it was going to be different, like, because those two are different. And, you know, we, we know that they're close. And, like, I don't know. It, it was, to me, that was the best match, I thought, at World's End. That was that was the one that I enjoyed the most. Um, you know, I thought the main event of Raw ended up being pretty good. Again, like, oh, shocker. You know, Drew McIntyre and, and uh, you know, and Seth Rollins go. And then, yes, I Think I, I just hope that they give they, they've kind of figured it out with some of these guys going forward because like Takesh has been off TV forever and like oh shockingly you give him some TV time against Darby Allen and that matchup ends up delivering and sets up you know a match next week with uh, with Sting coming back for Dynamite so th- those were my three but I loved um, again Eddie and the way they told that story with Eddie coming from behind and with the whole continental classic I thought it was a good wrap up and then check out his promo post Saturday like those promos have been so damn good and like the real emotion like I love some Eddie Kingston wait so so nothing so no love for the MJF Samoa Joe match didn't make it this week huh Eh. 
good match. Yeah, I mean, again, good. I think it, it was a good match, but like MJF right. was limited. You know, like, I mean, him, him tip of the cap to him for wrestling, man. Like again, and and fighting through. And I think I saw some reports this week that he's looking for other options, but may have to have surgery. He wants to not to, but you know, may need surgery. So trying to wrestle through something like that against somebody like Samoa Joe, who can be very physical, like tip of the cap to him, but it wasn't my favorite match. Of course the reveal. Um, We've been wondering who's behind the mask and it's Adam Cole. We knew it was going to be Adam Cole the whole time. Didn't we? I mean, we were speculating like Dr. Britt Baker or someone from outside the company, but it's kind of like, even though Cole can't wrestle, he's the devil. I just yeah. want that group to get hot, though. Like, give me some merch. They came out there still in the black. Okay, well, next week, you got merch? You got a new name? Let's go. Like, don't come out there and don't have any merch. It's like, that's another thing with AEW. Where's my King of the Bums t-shirt for, yeah. for Eddie Kingston? Where is it? I mean, you don't think yeah. that'd be a hot seller? Because he goes, at, you know, Brian, you call me King of the Bums. Okay, well, where's my King of the Bums t-shirt? Is that on AEW shop? You Probably know, not. That's, that's probably miss. not. Those are the no. things you miss, right? Yeah, I mean, the only time I can remember them jumping on something quickly was when he when when it was Eddie yeah. and he was wrestling. I think he was at an all out when he wrestled uh, Miro, and he had the yeah. Redeemed D's Nuts T-shirt. That was certainly a hot seller, especially with the professional wrestling crowd. Redeemed D's Nuts was fantastic. They did jump on that to their credit. They were yeah, able to sell dude, that. Was my meat T-shirt? They're slapping meat and all that stuff. So, yeah. So, but it's it's funny. Like, there's again, we can go on forever about these matches, but this is the great era in which we can see any TV show, Gabe. And there's always three, four, five star matches that we just enjoy watching. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, By the way, with that, with United uh, Undisputed Kingdom, I I like that they threw Wardlow in the group. Yes. But I think adding Wardlow as like, the story to of him, like, oh, he's going to give the title to Cole. Like, doesn't that feel like what you were doing with MJF? His face didn't, his face to me seemed like, yeah, yeah. that's All what right. I'm going to do. You're bro. already doing this. Yeah. You're already I'm doing this with title, Kill Switch like, and Christian. Right. Like, that's, I don't know. Which is why I think, which is why I think Wardlow was like, again, I read the way I read Wardlow's face was, I'm not the puppet you think I am. That's a baby. He's gonna be a baby face. He's gonna turn. It, I mean, he's with the. You group mean now. when he was when he was one of the most over baby faces, and they just like, eh, we can move on. You gotta heat him back up again. Gotta heat him back up this now. Company. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one thing's for sure, we're gonna have a lot of fun in pro wrestling in 2024. Make sure you join us. Comment, subscribe, YouTube. If you're just listening to this on podcast, we thank you for it. But you can also check us out part of the video feed we do youtube.com slash at good karma wrestling comment subscribe do all those things over on youtube shout out to jay hood who hooked up me and brian with a little jr's barbecue rub spicy ketchup bunch of barbecue sauces some mayo or some mustard we got it all baby we got it all it's not deodorant but what, what are you you doing bro it's sprinkling, sprinkling on yourself <laughs> using it like bath salts that's how he's using it each and every week uh we're gonna have fun in 2024 come along with us this has been 